Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're listening to Fox Sports Radio. A happy President's Day to you. It is a Monday if you're trying to figure out what day of the week it is. But that usually happens tomorrow, right, Mike? It's when it's Tuesday. People think it's Monday. It's a lot better than the alternative when you're further along in the week than you think. No, that's true. You also didn't have the benchmark of a normal uh, NFL slate to come in and have hot that's take true. theater on. So I think for some, you know, the water cooler, the smoke break, the coffee break, whatever it is at your particular office place, uh, you, you're not going to have that as a crutch to lean into your conversations. Now you're going to have to talk about your feelings and what you did with your families. <laughs> oh, man. There were some feelings in Madison yesterday, that's for sure, when Wisconsin top Michigan and then all heck broke loose in the handshake line we dive into that in a sec but first want to let you know that you got to check out the latest line from the world lines from the world of sports at bet rivers sportsbook bet rivers is the trusted name in online sports betting must be 21 must be present in Colorado Illinois Indiana and Pennsylvania to play gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER. Mike and I touched on this a little bit earlier, if you missed it, uh, discussing the Juwan Howard uh, situation with him and Wisconsin coach Greg Gard. I believe that Howard should get suspended for the rest of the season. I don't think he should be fired for the job, uh, from the job. I think that this has been multiple instances where we have seen problems at the end of games with Michigan, whether it be last year against Maryland, whether it be a scenario against Rutgers earlier this year when players got into it from his team. Something has to be done, and, and Howard was not penalized for what transpired when he threatened then-coach Mark Turgeon that he was going to kill him, and I am paraphrasing because there's another word that I can't say, but he wasn't penalized then. And he probably should have been. And that probably should have been the warning. And you almost wonder if he wasn't penalized, did that not curb his behavior? Did he think that he w- it was okay? And and about 15 minutes ago, we heard from you know Doug Gottlieb, who usually hosts this show, but was in this morning for Dan Patrick, saying, you know, all we want is an apology. Or the, the, the least that Jawan Howard should do is apologize. And he hasn't done that. I think that Jawan Howard deserves the opportunity to show that – he can handle losing in a late game situation or can keep his emotions in check if another coach makes him mad. However, at some point, Mike, you have to have consequences for your actions, and that's why I think Juwan Howard needs to be suspended for the rest of the year. Well, he tried to go all road warriors. Hey, I'm from Chicago, and I like to hurt people. You know, I cite the Legion of Doom wherever I can, Dan. Uh, but when it, when it gets down to it, you know, from the, your earliest ages in sports and school and whatever else, you need to learn how to lose. And a lot of folks get through and, and, you know, they can be happy, sunshiny, whatever. You know, they're the best person in their class academically. You know, they win the spelling bees and they're the star athlete. Some, for some folks, it goes that way. And then eventually they lose and they don't know how to deal with it, right? You're the smartest mm-hmm. kid in the class and then you go to college and suddenly there are several thousand in that freshman class that are just like you from any town, USA, and some of the international spots that find their way into your incoming class. And, and it, it, what we're seeing time and time again with Jawan Howard is he's a bad loser, 
right? Because we, we mm-hmm. even saw clips, uh, and, and I know you've seen these in your timeline. Here's how, here's past end of game scenarios with Greg Gard, where, you know, there's fist bumps and little, you know, pleasantries exchanged and whatever else. Instead, you know, now you get this terse, oh, you know, I'm not going to forget this, whatever. It's like, well, don't press. Right. You know, recognize where your actions and your words help to escalate a situation again. You know, not for those percentage that want to put it on guard for trying to stop him and have the moment. And he put his hands on the mad, mad man that was coming past and he should have known better. Get over yourselves. We've all tried to defuse (laughs) situations in a million different ways. For those that make it about race, you need to get over yourselves and stop injecting that into things as well, Uh, because this is clear just end of game etiquette that just went awry in a whole other way you want to be mad you know and you're still upset go to the podium and have at it but yeah it it just comes back to you gotta learn how to lose right you can cry you can be mad at the end of a little league game you you can have all of those you can stomp off maybe do an earl weaver and kick some dirt on an umpire now and again but in the end you you have to learn in the process and and it seems that uh this is still a a difficult thing that you know you, you got to recognize your part in the way tra- the, this fell out, and he didn't. I, I, we're not opening Pandora's box, but your point is so well made of it's about losing. And I feel like there are these things like now we're talking about our handshake lines necessary. Uh, you know, that's that's not the problem. The, not, the problem wasn't getting two teams together after a game, which has gone on for how many years? Again, the problem relies within the person. And your point of just that's how you learn to lose, it is so spot on. Because do the winners need to go over and be like, good game, good game, good game? Like, no. I I mean, they weren't dancing up and down in their face going, hey, we just beat the hell out of you. Yeah, yeah. Right? (laughs) You know, and and Jeff Patrikas, who covers Wisconsin uh, basketball for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, we had Jim Polzine on earlier from the State Journal talking about this situation, but Jeff put up a video of Greg Gard shaking the hands of eight Michigan staffers and two players before he finally got to Juwan Howard, and there was no problem at all. You know, so to, to me, that's a that's a Jawan Howard problem. And if you want to put it on Greg Gard and how he responded, I don't think it's fair. But I'll, I'll you can you can have that. But for the for their responses in this doesn't mean we need to eliminate handshake lines. Maybe absurd. There may be things in in life or in sporting events that you don't like. This is not a reason to get rid of them. And I just I, I don't. If if you do that, you are trying to. You're not avoiding more problems it's almost like you're just avoiding the problem period and and i don't think that you can do that I think it's an important piece, right? We, we talk about it all the time. Uh, what, whatever you think, and folks may have tuned out on the NHL, one of the great you know, traditions is the end of a playoff series, the handshake. Congratulations. Sure. You, know, you, you bested us. Move on. Doesn't mean there's not some chirping that goes on, and occasionally two guys don't stare each other down. But it, it's the idea of, all right, good game. You can disagree with the outcome, how it was played, right? You, you know, you, officiating comes in depending on what sport and what level you're at, uh, and you feel you, you might have been robbed and, and whatever else. But in this case, as so many others, it's, it's part of the process of, all right, good luck, good game. You don't have to mean a word of it. 
you mutter it under your breath, you shake a hand, and you get to the end of the line, you go back into the locker room, you throw a chair against the wall, or whatever else you need to do, but in the moment, you grit it out, right? That's part of the sportsmanship and, and growing up. Life's not fair. Okay, games aren't fair, and you're not always going to win. Be it a board game, be it a stupid trivia game you play with your daughters. They're laughing at me now because I got a little upset because I was getting beaten by all these anime characters. I have no idea who any of them are, so I got to brush up on my anime and video games before we play trivia again. But it's that, you know, where you shrug and you go, hey, you got me. Right. Thing, things went, you know, against me. I wasn't learned enough. I wasn't good enough on this day. Shake the hand, nod and move forward. You don't like it. Remember it. File it. But in a, yeah, we're going to remember this. What does that mean? I mean, like, you know, from just a verbal thing, yeah. is, is that not a threat I, in and of itself? Yeah, I think that's getting lost in this whole process. It's 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 amazing. I've gone through many a handshake lines just in Little League where I know there was a nine year old behind me after we lost who said to every player, you suck, you suck. Now, I'm not saying that that's okay for the nine year old. But, yeah, when you lose, you are mad. You are like you are ticked off. But we don't see fights between nine year olds and 12 year olds. And and listen, there are handshake lines at every college basketball game that we've seen this season. This is not like the second time in two weeks we've seen something like this happen, but that means thousands upon thousands. And going back years back, there's probably millions. And now this is the problem. And after this instance, because Juwan Howard can't accept responsibility, we need to do away with it. That, that that's garbage. Before, Dan, before yeah, go ahead. I saw so many guys, you know, that are long in the game that played in college buckets and were stars, and some of the longtime voices saying maybe it's changed. It's like no, maybe we act like grownups. Yes. How about that? <laughs> just saying, you know what? We should eliminate it. Why? Because one guy can't control himself, and a, a little a little bit of a fracas breaks out. Come on, what are we doing what? here? One coach stood up for keeping handshake lines, and he's a rival of one Michigan and Juwan Howard. Here's Michigan State coach Tom Izzo earlier today. In talk shows, there are suggestions, silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable, and now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on someone who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand is utterly ridiculous. So if the president said it, I think he's full of it. If the best coach in America said it, I think that gets me way more than this incident. Preach, Tom Izzo, preach. Yeah. Ama- it's amazing. There's a lot that goes into that and some of that in terms of transferring and the portal and whatever. I mean, there, there's a lot of discussion and debate that you can have on this. As for the handshake line itself, it, it, it's got to stay. It, it's such an important part uh, of building character, accepting loss at times. You know, you, you got to congratulate 
other people and re- recognize, you know what, there's room to be better. And in this case, there's room to be better. Thanks, Tom Izzo. It, it, was, uh, it was so well said. And the passion behind it as well. Take some responsibility. And by the way, the responsibility that Tom Izzo was pointing out of, of kids leaving or of, of classes, we are now doing this or this conversation is happening again because a coach who's 49 years old could not handle his emotions. This isn't even protecting 18-year-old kids from doing something stupid. We are now protecting 49-year-old men who should know better. Yeah, to me, that's pretty absurd. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio as we are sitting in for Doug. NBA wrapping up its All-Star weekend this past weekend in Cleveland. There'll be games later on than this week. But in the meantime, not much happening. However, there could be a lot happening in the NBA when it comes to star movement. Is that a good thing? We'll discuss it next. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. This is Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Beyer. He's Mike Harmon. I don't know. That's on the nose right there, Dan. (laughs) I don't know. if. uh, By the way, I do have a, you know, there is a little bit. I try to, you know, hit the post when I can and and do what I can. But I love this Bon Jovi song. And I can't believe there's people who actually hate on Bon Jovi. I I understand there's some songs that are overplayed quite a bit. But, man, this is a this is a tune. I uh, lay your hands on me as the song for those that may be listening in the podcast that you can't hear. But are you a Bon Jovi hater, Mike? I know you know. No, no, no. Again, like you said, there's a there's a couple of the uh, the songs that I can do without the next iteration of, uh, particularly when if you stumble into a karaoke bar. But you know what? I'm looking at the tour, and and I'm a little upset there's not a California date coming up here. They're on tour from the beginning, all of April as of right now, and and there's nothing here in the West Coast. So I'm a little salty. There is Milwaukee, Wisconsin uh, on the board, but I'm not getting back to Summerfest? Is that where it's going to be? No, it's at the Fiserv Forum. That's uh, April 5th. I mean, I, they haven't done any of the uh, the tour dates for the summer just yet. I'm hoping it extends and maybe we get a stadium uh, appearance. I've never seen Bon Jovi live. So, uh, you know, there, there's a very small list that I haven't because, you know, live events, live music is my thing. You know, that that is, yes. you know, life uh, to me, why why I'm at sporting events and whenever I can get live theater or concerts in, it's it, it feeds the soul. I mean, tickets on sale tomorrow for Paul McCartney's latest run. So, I mean, I, I got to go. I mean, I just got to. So I need some Bon Jovi because he's got better hair than me, too. Get Mike on Twitter at Solandome. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Today's show is brought to you by Hustler Turf. The brand lawn care professionals have trusted for years when it comes to premium zero-turn lawnmowers to run their business. And for us weekend Joes, Hustler Turf also has a full lineup of residential mowers. Visit HustlerTurf.com to find a dealer near you. Near you, HustlerTurf.com. Howard Beck of Sports Illustrated uh, reported, and this is the, uh, I'm, I'm going to, summarize it mike but reports that executives around the league are preparing for the next crop of headlining players to hit the market specifically donovan mitchell of the utah jazz zion williamson of the pelicans and damian lillard of the portland trailblazers so Williamson obviously uh, is eligible for his uh, contract extension after his rookie deal. 
uh, both uh, Donovan Mitchell and Damian Lillard have uh, years remaining on their contract. But now is the time where executives think that these players could be moved. And the sense of the article that I'm getting, Mike, and the sense of what these executives are saying is, here we go again, rich get richer, poor get poor in the NBA but I, I just I don't see it that way anymore. I don't. I, and, and I'm a guy from a team or a fan of a team that, yeah, just won the NBA title, but for so long was in the have nots of the NBA. Like Milwaukee was I mean, there was talk if, if Herb Golden, you know, sell the bucks to the right owners and a deal was reached that they would have been in Seattle, that they, you know, that they were going to be on their way out of Milwaukee because it just wasn't going to work. Giannis obviously saves all of that. But Mike, if if we had a real problem with, you know, small market teams or stars leaving, wouldn't wouldn't the wouldn't the Lakers just always be number one in the West, and wouldn't the Knicks be you know number one in the East or the Boston Celtics? And that's not the case. I I, I think that we overreact to some of this stuff, and when you look at these the scenarios that they they paint out, like. Damian Lillard's been in Portland for a long time. Donovan Mitchell now has been in Utah for a little while. Whatever the Pelicans are doing down there seems to be an absolute mess. So why would, you know, and and maybe Zion's part of that problem, but I don't don't think we're going back to the, man, the rich get richer in the NBA and all these big threes are going to be formed and and now no team is going to be able to compete with the uh, the top-level teams. I just, I don't see the NBA headed that way. What's curious, and I'll pull the NFL into this, right, is the number of people that lamented after the Rams won. Look, they they built an all-star team. What'd you expect? All those guys they brought in, everybody hated where they were playing before they got to Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. Matthew Stafford, there's still a lot of folks that say, well, you know, you you could have had pretty much insert any quarterback here uh, go through. Odell Beckham Jr., everybody thought he was done, right? He was the prima donna. Could he play? Whatever else. And then it turns back on Baker Mayfield. Like, oh, what a perfect fit. You know, and and Von Miller, all right, mid-round draft picks. He's not in the plans for Denver. They're throwing up the quote-unquote white flag, and away you go. In the NBA, yeah, we've heard about Zion and, and whether he was going to be the first guy to not take the Supermax. Hey, right now, his agent should be begging for a Supermax <laughs> with the amount of games that he's played. They're begging he's for been, a Big Mac. That's what they're Well, there, there's for. there's that too, right? I mean, two for six. But the <laughs> idea that you, you have these players, and, and Dame Lillard has said all the right things. Maybe behind the scene he's looking around especially after you know the trade of McCollum or whatever of of trying to figure out all right what's what's the end game here and maybe that's the case but to your point you still have a salary cap you still have pride and egos right because you go to some of these things you want to go make your quote-unquote super teams you know what you've got to decide you're going to be a little bit of a different player and maybe it doesn't fit. Maybe you have to take less money, which is a whole other part of the conversation. And when you're talking tens of millions, I don't, I don't know how much it takes to move the needle. But you're still comparing yourself to other players in the league. So I got to imagine it factors somewhere, as well as what you want to do in your post-playing career and marketing, merchandising, and sales and businesses that you become a part of. But also, as you are a player, do you want to be the third? It's like going to a college, Dan, for college football and college basketball players. Do you want to be the fourth guy on a team, even though they're really good? Or do you want to go where you can play and be seen? Right? Yeah, guys yeah. have to make Big that choice all pond, the time. Yeah. yeah. There's like like this. I, I I think this is almost kind of like this. You use the NFL to bring it in. 
I, this reminds me a little bit of the conversation we just had about the, the handshake deal where we're not addressing the problem. Like there may be an executive talking to Howard Beck and Howard Beck's awesome. I'm not criticizing his reporting at all. What I'm saying is that the executive may have an agenda and that agenda is, is let's blame it on the stars. Let's blame it on the players for wanting to leave, but not put any of the heat on the actual teams for not producing. Because as I sit here and look at Damian Lillard's career with the Portland Trailblazers, okay, which is now going on season number 10. Yeah, and, and where the, he's the top 75 of all time, Mike. Yes, yes. So this is and this is 82 games rookie year, 82 games the next year, 82 games the next year, 75 games, 75 games, 73, 80. Uh, pandemic season, 66 games. Last season, 60. Like, it wasn't like Damian Lillard was missing games. He's been in Portland now for a decade. And if that organization can't get their stuff straight, and I want to use a different word, sure. then maybe he should be looking elsewhere or wanting to go elsewhere. The Pelicans, and I know Zion's situation is very unique, where he was, there was no doubt about it in the draft. I don't care. You could say how much you love John Morant. There were questions about him uh, playing at Murray State. I know not questions enough to not take him number two, but Zion was the number one guy. There was no doubt about sure. it. He was going to be number one. Pelicans win the lottery. Well, how come the Pelicans now waste two number one overall picks careers and can't get it straight? Is it Anthony Davis's fault? Maybe. Is it Zion Williamson's fault? Maybe. But how about looking at the organizations? Because there are other organizations that are figuring out ways to work. The Indiana Pacers have tried a couple of different ways. You know what they do? They go and try to basically fleece the Sacramento Kings in a way to get Tyrese Halliburton to try to turn around their franchise. They're figuring out ways to do it. To me, it's the executives of these teams that are not figuring out ways and want to blame these players who may want their way out and now are trying to – like make people be afraid of a new big three like you had with Golden State or you had in Miami. I think it's I think it's garbage. I don't think that there's I, I don't think there's anything to it. And by the way, I don't blame Damian Lillard for maybe wanting something new if the Trailblazers can't figure it out after ten years. Right. If you've been a star that long, I mean and, and again, owing to the NFL and Matthew Stafford, right? From all the reports, they'd given him the opportunity yep. to go look for a trade. They realized it wasn't going to happen there, and he had however many years left. They get away from his contract, whatever you want to think about the rest of the trade, Jared Goff and whatever. I mean, that's for another time. But it was a, all right, this isn't working. Let's move on. For Damian Lillard, if you were to say that, it's fine. Highly heralded career, great CV, as it were. Like I said, there's the picture of him in the All-75s. I mean, they, they all went through. And if you decided, hey, I'm done with you know butting my head against the wall and I want to go try to remake the end of my career somewhere else, I, I don't begrudge any player that, nor should you. That isn't, isn't that what this is all about? When you sign the contract for certain lengths, you try to play to it, and then if you can all get to the table and agree, I mean, there's, there's good and bad ways of handling it. And ultimately, if the player gets what he wants, I mean, how, how do I – how do I get mad at him for a good strategy, right? You know, yeah. folks that, that take James Harden over the coals. He decided, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to do the, the Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers before this year uh, and all of this kind of back, back room where the media guys are doing the talking for me. No, he went to a podium and just said, this doesn't work. 
Mm-hmm. So like you yeah. may not like it, but he he was at least upfront about it and just said, "Look, we've hit a point. This doesn't work." Likewise in Brooklyn, I can't wait for the tell-all of everything that went on. A lot of it, you know, owes to the the Kyrie Irving and, and team teammates buying in and, and whatever else. And, and again, he's getting excoriated for it, but. You know what? He's he's at least trying to make it happen for players. If they think they're done with their respective teams, you know, figure it out. In theory, it all goes. You know, it's behind the scenes, and you sit in a boardroom or on a conference call or whatever. But sometimes it, it takes those drastic measures to make something happen. And for players, that you've only got so many years in the league, right? We talk about LeBron James all the time. Oh, it's year nineteen. Look at the Marvel NFL players, three years. Guys aren't playing that long. So at the end of their even their rookie contract, they realize that the, the road is going to be very difficult to hit those ambitions, whether it's an individual accolades or getting their chip. I, I can't blame them. And if, and if teams want to be mad or afraid of it, you know what? Figure out who the weak link is in your organization and get rid of them. Bring in stronger yeah. people to help fortify that position. If it's a matter of the marketplace where your team is, and, and to New Orleans to a degree, it seems like you got something in that front office and organization that even with a lot of talent cycling through it hasn't worked. You've, you've got to figure out how to identify that problem to shore things up and, and move in a different direction. Because if your number one picks keep asking out, uh, that would say it's not – once we get to the second guy, I don't even need five, 30, sure. you know, all the other yep. samples – as we want as soon as the second guy because Anthony Davis had 18 months left on his contract and again you can be mad about it and the way it played but you know what he took a shot and in the moment I, I was kind of curious about it you know that it went so public but you know the more you look at it you got a ticking clock you make the most of what you can in each of your careers and opportunities I, I, and I'll also say this as a Milwaukee Bucks fan there was a point in my life where I thought well geez even as someone who was born and raised in the state of Wisconsin, like I understood that Milwaukee wasn't the place that free agents would want to go as a destination. But I would also point out that if you go around the NBA, Mike, I'm not sure on how many destination places there actually are outside of the two LA teams. I would put the Miami heat in that conversation and I'd maybe put the New York Knicks in that conversation, but their ownership seems to be a problem. I don't think in the other 25, 26, you know, 27 teams in the NBA, whatever number that you want, that they are ultimate destination places that people want to be for that specific city. And I'm not ripping on the 26 or 27 cities that there are in the NBA. I'm just saying, I don't think that that's a factor. If you want to be in LA, cause you want to be Hollywood and you want to be close to that. That is one reason. If you want to be in Miami because of the nightlife and because of the weather, that's another reason. But in the other places, I just don't see you know, I, I, I don't see like a draw for like a free agent to go with the locale. So I don't think that there's that much of an advantage over the what we consider our have not cities in the NBA, because I actually think that there are a lot more, you know, places and like no offense, you know, Dallas, you can love Dallas, you can hate Dallas. But if people are going to go to Dallas, it's because they want to play with Luca or they want to be, you know, Mark Cuban to be, you know, since he's the owner of the team, that's who they're going to want to play for. It's not because they love the Metroplex. 
You know, yeah, I, just, I mean, look, at tax sense. savings and whatever we talk sure. about with Texas and Florida all the time, especially when you're getting into a $200 million deal. Hey, there's uh, $20 million you would lose if you were in California or New York, right? So, Or Illinois, for that matter. So, you know, there are those other considerations. And it's also proximity to other things. Remember when Kevin Durant went and played in the Bay Area? Yeah, it was about titles. He also wanted to go and meet all those people in the Silicon Valley. And you know what? He's got his arms in everything that's coming up in terms of technology and branching out and figuring out how to capitalize. There, there's many different mm-hmm. motivations that get guys to a location, and, and I think each team needs to reevaluate. And if that means just like NIL for college teams, you got to realize where your strengths are in your not only your, in your building, but in your city, and make sure you're leveraging all there is to be had if you were to play in that locale. I think that's the next iteration of this. Yeah, I, I th- and, and I think that the fear of the big three or the super team is garbage, and I think oh, that's it's trash. Yeah. G- like your your Bulls have turned it around. You got a new GM. You you know yeah. you bring in Billy Donovan. You make the trade with Orlando to bring in some pieces. You take Demar, De- you know, you get Demar Derozan who. People didn't want. Yeah, I, right. I mean, they didn't you know, want like, DeRozan. Uh, Lonzo Ball, we know what his career, uh, it's always yeah. going to be defined by the Lakers no matter what he becomes. And, and, you know, to your point about, you know, big market, little market, Bulls have always kind of looked like a, a little market since Jordan retired, sure. right? Not a, not a lot of high points <laughs> yes. in, in the time. And, the Derrick Rose MVP year was it. And, and no one has ever uttered, God, I got to get to Chicago in the winter. You know, no one has that has never been no. a Chicago in the summer. Completely different story. Best place you can be in the U.S. The winter, not so much. You know what, though, Dan, I could better excuse my bulk uh, in Chicago in the winter than I can here in Southern California. I can Fair tell enough. you that, though. <laughs> Same thing with me in the dairy land. He's Mike Arman. I'm Dan Byer. This is the Doug Gottlieb Show here on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Sports Business Journal reports that Amazon, who's going to be taking over the uh, Thursday night football package, has expressed to the NFL that they would be interested in maybe scheduling an NFL game on Black Friday. So the day after we would have the Thanksgiving Day triple header, Ooh. Amazon saying that they would like to maybe have a game to air on their streaming service the day after Thanksgiving. The report from Sports Business Journal says that the NFL is kind of pushed back on that idea and are not too keen on it. Do they need to uh, bump up uh, subscription rates uh, a little bit more to make sure they can sweeten the pot? Because they just what? went up a couple of bucks for your Amazon Prime so they can get more into the content production sure. and content acquisition. So, uh, you know, I, I think some of that is negotiating uh, at its finest. So, yeah, let's go. Uh, more days of football, the better, Dan. Has 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 there been a better match, though, than the Black Friday shopping in Amazon. Like, can you imagine all the Easter eggs and the hidden messages and not even the hidden messages, the obvious messages that they could throw in a broadcast on the Black Friday deals that they could have if you go oh, to Amazon. placement in the booth. Dan. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. I could You're- be there, you know, shilling product during the commercial <laughs> break. I'm in the lower nav. But look, right now, it is a Black Friday deal. You can only get it now. I mean, you're screaming like an idiot. Uh, like Billy <laughs> Mays used to all those years oh, ago. I, I love it. Yeah. <laughs> R.I.P. Billy Mays. Uh, first time that's been said in a while on uh, on national radio. Completely well, you know what? I got to bring it Billy back Mays. together. Sure. We, we, we bring in the entire sure. uh, audience. I, I think you could say, like, no matter uh, next field goal 
for whatever yardage it is, that's how much you get off on one item that you purchase at Amazon.com. Right, thirty-eight yarder, thirty-eight percent off. That's it. Whoever's got a deal that they want to promote. I mean, think of all the brands that would get involved with that. Oh, it's absolutely huge. And look, we're we're in that next space, right? Content ownership and distribution being everything, right? Owning and creating your own content and certainly for the leagues, everybody's vying for every last piece of live programming because sports is it, man. It, it is the best drama that you have, but also the only appointment viewing that you have any longer. There is also a report that uh, I believe for Sports Business Journal as well that ESPN is likely to air another double header for Monday Night Football, but it would be a little different than we were used to in years past in week one. But the report said that ABC would get a game, and then an hour later, another game would air on ESPN. So the games kind of would be simultaneously, a bit like we saw with the rescheduled games you know, through COVID over the last couple of years, at least the one that we had this year with the Rams and Seahawks and, and Eagles and now Commanders playing at the same time. But this would be a staggered start, but you would put a game on ABC in that sort of doubleheader, if you will. It's not a true doubleheader, but would happen in the first month of the season. So something. Well, I could get on board that. Which uh, game will the Mannings be making fun of? That's the most important. <laughs> it's it's not a good time. By the, inside the NBA had their own version of the Manning cast. Last How great night is for that? The All-Star game. It's so, beautiful. Yeah, it is absolutely beautiful. You and I will like, do the fantasy version of it. What's wrong with this guy? <laughs> Look at that drop. It just killed you. That was 10 points right there. Get him on Twitter at Swollen Dome. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Beyer. Find me on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. Coming up next, there could be some movement in the NBA. And we're talking about the standings. That's next year on Fox Sports Radio. Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. I'm George Reister, host of the Reister or Wrong podcast this is the intersection where sports business society and pop culture meet the truth absolute fire on mondays wednesdays and fridays facts only make sure you check your feelings at the door because no bs is allowed we keep it 100 this is where real conversations happen listen to the right or wrong podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He's Mike Harmon. I'm Dan Byer. Thanks for hanging out with us on this President's Day. Mike usually can be heard with Jason Smith on the Jason Smith Show with Mike Harmon. Weeknights here on Fox Sports Radio at 10 o'clock Eastern time, 7 Pacific. However, tomorrow, bright and early, 9 o'clock Eastern time, tomorrow morning, Mike will be sitting in with Rob Parker. As a yeah. Dan Patrick show here on Fox Sports Radio. Fireworks for all. Over what, I have no idea. (laughs) When Brian Fenley joins the conversation, you know there'll be fireworks. The Press. Brian's here to give us the headlines that we may have missed or want to touch on again. What do you got, Brian? Yeah, Dan and Mike, I want to touch on the Chris Paul injury thing in just a moment and what that does for the Suns moving forward. But you guys, we've been talking a little bit about it earlier today. The Kentucky Derby stripped its 2021 winner Medina Spirit after the horse had tested positive for performance-enhancing drugs on several occasions. Now, I'll send this to you guys because the horse actually passed away at three years old, and so it rested in peace knowing it finished first. 
Yes, yes, did. I don't know. Is this a dead horse joke or does, does Brian Fenley get a I remember kick there was a song horses, made about the dead dying? horse swale all those years ago. This is, uh, yeah, this is all about Bob Baffert. Horse much out there. Yeah, it's, <laughs> by the way, too. it's not like Medina Spirit was going to come back and run again. That does not happen. That is true. Derby. Not going to go back to back. But, yeah, the, the Bob Baffert uh, penalty – you know, much much more of uh, I think the issue moving forward. Yeah, when you got a history uh, as the they've laid out certainly of, of Bob Baffert training in the past, and and you look at well now it's really about the money now, Dan. Uh, look, they're not taking back your bets, folks. So if you cashed, That's, I hope you yeah, enjoyed whatever you got fair, for it. Spent. What can we do? It's gone. That's it. Well, Mike and Dan, I'm wondering what the bets are going to look like now for the Suns winning the title. This after Chris Paul announced that he's got this right thumb that he has fractured. He's going to be out about two months, six to eight weeks, guys. So how does that play into what the Suns can do? The timetable, I think, is perfect. Here's my here's my only thing with Phoenix, Mike, is is it too much of a layoff? Like if you gave Chris Paul a month off to get fresh into the, you know, to get into the playoffs, Maybe takes the last couple of weeks, maybe even the first round. They should cruise in the first round, even if they play the Lakers. They should be all right. The question is, is it too much if he has to miss, you know, seven weeks, which is when the playoffs are, would start? That's my only question is, is it maybe too much amount of time for Chris Paul, who's injury prone? Not even speaking with this injury. This is kind of a freak situation, but... I wonder if it's just a little too long when it comes to maybe what Chris Paul actually needs. Yeah, just saltiness of uh, just last week we were talking about him being healthy and ready for the stretch run. And look at these Phoenix Suns. And now like, all right, he's out for, a, you know, a month and a half or two. Uh, the big thing here, Dan, is it's a thumb injury. Should not prevent him from keeping his cardio fit. Uh, and that's really all that matters. He should be ready to go. So I, I'm not moving them down yet. No, especially when you see who they could play in those first uh, couple of rounds in the Western Conference. Not much of a threat to the Phoenix Suns. Anything else, Brian? Are we good? Goran Dragic to the Nets, guys. Oh, that's not a surprise. The Nets have everybody. (laughs) Everybody plays for the Nets. Absolutely everybody's going to play for the Brooklyn Nets, except for James Harden, and that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. <laughs> My goodness. Jeez. They got 80 guys on their roster. I mean, I, I know it's not like that, but still, it's just everybody wants to go to Brooklyn, who, by the way, right now, sitting in that eighth spot in the East. Exactly. Harman, still at eighth. Harmon, it's fun. Set the alarm early tomorrow. You'll need it. Nice and early, baby. Coffee for all. For Mike Harmon, I'm Dan Beyer.